so Luke chapter 2 in your Bibles, and uh, when you find your place, if you're able to stand, let's uh, stand tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word. We're going to read a little bit of Scripture tonight, not, not a ton, but a little, uh, just to try to give you some, uh, some good context uh, this evening. And so Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse number 6, and then we're going to read down through right around verse number 21 tonight. So Luke chapter 2 and verse 6, the Bible says, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Verse 21 seems like maybe an odd place to stop, but... Verse 21 is actually our text tonight. And the Bible says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel, notice the word, before he was conceived in the womb. You may be seated tonight. And I want to focus on that last phrase there, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. It's amazing how God can take a verse like that and really hit home a thought uh, in your mind. I want to talk to you about the subject you see on the screen, but I want you to focus on that underlined, underlined word, yieldedness, which I guess uh, some dictionaries, I guess, say that's really not a word, but we're going to make it a word tonight yieldedness yieldedness and that's that's the word that I want to really hone in on tonight I want to focus on that word yieldedness we see that word all throughout the Christmas story yieldedness people that were yielded I'm going to pray and then we'll jump right into the Bible study I hope it'll be a blessing I'm not going to really give you a lot of points tonight I just want to hit one nail over and over and over this evening and I hope that it will be a blessing to you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary Baptist Church. And Lord, we're so appreciative of the fellowship that we've enjoyed tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the good congregational singing and the specials. 
and everything that's been done tonight. God, we just thank you and praise you for it. Thank you for these dear ones that have, uh, Lord, made it a point to, to come to your house this evening. And I pray that you would encourage them in a great way tonight. And then, Lord, we think about all of our church family that's watching by way of live stream this evening. Many are watching by way of live stream. And God, we thank you for our church family. Those that are here, those that are watching tonight. And I pray that you'll bless them in a special way. Father, knit our hearts together now as we we focus in on a very, very important part of the Christian life. Yieldedness, being yielded. And we thank you for these wonderful examples that you've given us in the Christmas story. Fill us with your power and your spirit now. Save that one that's nearest hell. Encourage that one that's discouraged. And Lord, speak to us tonight. Glorify your son, please, in a great way. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let me start out today by saying this. I believe we see, we see a lot of things being set in motion even before Jesus was conceived in the womb. Now we know that Jesus has always been. And Jesus has no beginning. He has no ending. He's Alpha and Omega. But we also understand that as far as the incarnation is concerned, that there was a time when Jesus was conceived in the womb. Many of the things that God wanted to happen and the people that God wanted to use were dependent upon the yieldedness of the specific individuals. I want to just go ahead right there and I want to insert this question. How yielded are you to the will of God? Just think about that. Just let that marinate a little bit. Put that in there. We'll come back to it here in just a little bit. But how yielded are you to the will of God? Concerning the Christmas story, I believe we find some things being announced to happen before they actually happened. Now what's going on? Why why is God announcing? Why is God pre-announcing what's going to happen? I believe there are several things that are going on. Number one, it was God offering people advanced notice of what he's planning to do. Which, by the way, was a plan that was established before the foundation of the world. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. And so God had this plan from the foundation of the world. God had this plan already, already enacted. It was going to happen. But I want us to understand that these announcements that were made, I believe, were invitations to different individuals to help with God's plan. Now, if you're not following me, hang in there. You will be in just a little bit. I want to say that again. These announcements that were made were invitations to individuals to help with God's plans. But these individuals would have to be yielded. Which, by the way, is exactly what we find Mary doing. Yielding herself to the will of God. 
We didn't, we didn't read this scripture uh, before, but I want to read it now. So I want you to look in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We were in Luke chapter 2, but back it up one chapter and look at Luke chapter 1 tonight in your Bibles. And we're getting ready to read some of the most amazing scripture that you've ever read in your life. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 26. The Bible says in verse number 26, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Sing, I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she uh, hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now notice, if you will, verse number 38. Verse number 38. The Bible says, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now, I guess we could agree to disagree, but... Uh, I honestly believe this. I believe that as the Lord made this announcement through the angel to Mary, I believe that Mary, had she wanted to, had she chose to, I believe that Mary could have refused. Did you know that we're all free moral agents? God never forces us to do what we don't want to do. God won't force you to get saved. He wants you to get saved. As we preached the other Sunday morning, he'll urge you to get saved. He'll, he'll do his best to try to get you to his son. But, but God is not going to bend your arm behind your back and force you to get saved. Uh, God has made you a free moral agent and gives you the opportunity to choose to do his will. And so if that be the case, and I believe it is, then I believe that at this point that Mary could have went another direction. Now think about, think about what the angel is asking here. These are some serious things to consider. You know, a lot of times we, we spiritualize the Bible characters way more than we should. We think that, for instance, we think that Mary walked around with a halo and some religions make her out to be that way. That she walked around with a halo and, and she was some kind of a, some kind of a, a holy almost a divine being. Please understand something, that Mary was human just like you're human. And Mary had doubts just like you have doubts. And Mary was not perfect. Mary had weaknesses and Mary was a sinner uh, just like you're a sinner. And by the way, Jesus had to save his mother just like he had to save you. And so you understand that what, what this angel has just announced 
in God's plan is very, very serious things to think about. And I want to give you some, these are just some thoughts. Number one, I want you to think about, and I've started them all with the letter C, so they'll just be easy to remember. Number one, we think about Mary's contract. What do you, what do you mean, preacher? The Bible tells us that she is espoused to a man. She's espoused to Joseph. Now, that tells us something according to Jewish law. According to Jewish law, Mary and Joseph, since they have been espoused, they are as good as being married. I mean, uh, you check it out and do your own study there, uh, but you'll find out that under Jewish custom, they have been betrothed, which means this, a dowry has already been paid. Joseph, or at least Joseph's parents, have already paid a dowry for Mary. Under Old Testament law, Joseph's parents have been assured that Mary is a virgin. There was a, a process, by the way, Old Testament law. There was a process. And so the dowry's been paid. The parents of Joseph have been assured that Mary is a virgin and a contract has been entered into. In fact, at this point, they're just waiting for the celebration of marriage, which sometimes came a little bit later on. And when the celebration finally came, it lasted for a long, long time. But technically and lawfully, these two people are already married. Now think, think about it. Think about it with me here. But Mary has kept herself pure. She's reserved herself for her husband, which all young ladies ought to do. She's reserved herself for Joseph. Now think with me. All of a sudden this angel comes in and makes, a, makes quite an announcement. He says, Mary, you're going to be impregnated from someone other than your husband. Ask you a question, how do you think that news would hit you? Now, now think about this. You've got to understand that these kind of thoughts have to be going through Mary's head. She's thinking, what's Joseph going to think? I'm already espoused. I'm already betrothed. We, I mean, the contract's already signed, sealed, and delivered. We're just waiting for the celebration to take place where the bridegroom comes and, and he takes me back to his home and we live together uh, happily ever after. And so she's thinking, what is Joseph going to think? And, and then on top of that, how are Mary's parents going to respond? I mean, you just, you know, just for a minute, try to sort of read between the lines here. I think that's what we saw in the video that I just, that, that I just showed. And, and, and maybe you can go back and watch that video later. But, but we saw a concerned mother and an upset father. What are you doing pregnant? You've, you've just been espoused. You've just been betrothed. And all of a sudden, here you, you, you come up pregnant. What are Mary's parents going, how are they going to respond? But how about this, how are Joseph's parents going to respond? The contract has been signed. The dowry has been paid. And now the angel comes and says, Mary, by the way, you're going to be impregnated, not by Joseph, but by someone else. So we see that contract. How about this? Number, number next is we see not only in Mary's contract, but we see Mary's culture. What do you mean, preacher? Did you know that Mary is living in a culture where adultery is not aired all over the airwaves on 
nationwide sitcoms like it's some kind of a game. But adultery in Mary's day is punishable by death. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 20, verse number 10, and the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. You understand how serious this is? We, a lot of times we sing Silent Night, Holy Night, and Away in a Manger, and Old Little Town of Bethlehem, and, and all these things, and we never really think about, you know, just, just how serious this was. And so here the angel comes and says, Mary, uh, you're going to be impregnated by someone that is not your husband. Uh, a culture is going to look at you, and, and, and your culture, uh, if, 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 if it's carried out like it has been in the past, there is at least a chance that by the religious leaders you could be stoned to death so we see Mary's culture but how about this we see Mary's concern she's living in a a time where it's difficult for a woman to be single and unmarried there were no social security programs and and WIC and all these things that we have nowadays and so uh, young Young ladies back in this day wanted to marry. They wanted to marry. Because when they were married, that husband would begin to care for them and take care of them and support them and, and make sure that their needs were met. And you understand that, that under that culture that they lived in, it was very hard for a young lady to be single and unmarried. And, and then on top of that, add a baby to the, to the mix. And so potentially here's a young lady that has a baby. She's not married and, uh, and now she's going to have to try to find a way to survive and care for herself and care for her baby. But how about this? We notice Mary's crisis. Would you look at Luke chapter 1 and verse number 32? I promise I'm going somewhere. Luke 1 verse 32. Here's this angel making this announcement to Mary. And he says, he shall be great. Talking about Jesus. He shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest. Look at this. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. By the way, church, did you know back in that day and time, you didn't talk like that. You didn't talk about taking the throne. That's what he says. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. You say, preacher, why was that such a big deal? Well, number one, because Mary was living under Roman occupation. Rome was pretty much the the, the leading authority back in that day. What they said went. See, don't, don't forget, Caesar Augustus has commanded all the world to be taxed. He's commanded all to go to their hometown And to be taxed, and by the way, Mary is great with child when they make this long journey to Bethlehem, but it doesn't matter because Caesar Augustus has handed down this decree, and so it doesn't matter what situation you're in, whatever Caesar says goes. That's the culture she's living in. They're under Roman occupation, but not only that, church, they're being ruled in this area by a ruthless Jewish king. Herod is a self-absorbed tyrant, and some scholars say that he was even insane. He's, he, he is a, a puppet, if you will. He's put in place by Rome, 
And Herod has no plans of giving up his throne. He is a power-hungry king that wants to live on the throne and stay on the throne. And so all of a sudden, somebody comes onto the scene and says, by the way, somebody else is getting ready to reign. You understand, that's not going to be a very popular message. And so the angel says, Mary, you're going to be impregnated by someone that's not your husband. And, and the baby that you're going to bear is going to rule and reign. He's going to sit on the throne. And some may say, well, you know, preacher, that was probably way in the future. But don't forget that it was Josiah that took the throne at eight years old. And so what is the government going to think? If, if this gets out, what is Herod going to think? By the way, y'all know the Christmas story. It did get out, didn't it? Was Herod happy? Herod was not happy. In fact, you remember what Herod did when he heard the news? He killed every little boy in that whole entire area to keep that young boy from becoming the king of Judea. So here's my point. Mary's got so many things against her. And I believe at this point that Mary could have said, whoa, 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 put on the brakes. Hold on just a minute. I never signed up for all of this. Are you serious? I mean, you want me to endure all these things and, and be the, the social cast out and my mom and dad to be angry with me and my in-laws to, uh, to, to, to maybe have me stoned. I mean, you want me to, to endure all these things? By the way, that's exactly what she did. Would you look at your Bibles tonight? Look, if you will, please, at Luke chapter 1 and verse number 38. Luke chapter 1, verse number 38, how beautiful this is. The Bible says, after the angel has announced all these things, in verse number 38, and Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. And then she said, be it unto me according to thy word. Wow. You know what that is? That's yielded. That's yieldedness. Hey, can I, can I ask you a question? How yielded are you to the will of God? You say, Pastor, I'm yielded. <laughs> I, I, I'm as yielded as Mary. Are you really? Are you really yielded? Have you really yielded your spirit and your life to Christ? Oh, you say, yes, 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 Pastor, I'm a yielded individual. You're looking at one yielded Christian. Those that are watching by way of live stream. Have you yielded yourself to the will of God? Oh, you say, yes, Pastor, I am yielded. Really? How about this? Are you yielded enough to forgive the one who did you wrong? Whoa, 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 wait a minute, preacher. Don't, don't get in that area of my life. I'm getting in your business tonight. It's Christmas time. It's a good time to get in your business tonight. It's one thing to say, oh, yes, I'm yielded. It's another thing to say, I'm so yielded that I'm willing to forgive that person that spoke wrong to me. I'm willing to forgive that person that did me wrong. I'm willing to forgive that person that cheated. Oh, we're having church tonight, church. Amen. Yes. I can feel the Holy Ghost fanning us tonight. Hey, how yielded are you to the will of God? Yielded enough to be faithful to church? Above all else? 
yielded enough to take the time, or maybe I should say make the time to read your Bible and pray. Well, preacher, I, I, you don't understand. I'm busy. Everybody's busy. Come on now. Let's, be, let's get real. Everybody's busy. I, I'm, just, I'm, just too busy to, to, I'm just too busy to read my Bible. You're not too busy. You're just not yielded. You see, if you're really yielded to the will of God, you'll make time to spend time in this book. If you're really yielded to the will of God, you'll make time to, to spend time in prayer. And by the way, you'll not find two harder things to do in your Christian life than to read your Bible and spend time in prayer. I'm gonna tell you, church, this is the truth. If, I, if I've told it, whenever it's time for me to have my quiet time, everything flies apart. My phone won't ring all the live long morning, but when I get ready to walk with God, my phone goes crazy. Text message after text message, need after need, burden after burden, and sometimes I just have to, I just have to phase all of that out and exclude it out. Uh, how yielded are you tonight? Are you, are you yielded enough to change your language? You go, yes, sir. Come on. Just, that's just the way I am. I know. That's why we're talking about being yielded. Are you yielded enough to dress in a Christ-like way? Are you yielded enough to share Christ with someone else? I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just submitting this to you tonight that I believe there are a lot of things that never would have happened with those certain people had those people not been yielded. We understand there was a lot against Mary. Great day in the morning. Here was this little, young, innocent Lady, I mean, just a, a young woman, and this angel comes and just lays it on her, and yet Mary says, whatever you want, I'm willing. Not only was Mary yielded, but we find another, another person in this story that's pretty significant too. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? His name was Joseph. We notice here that God announced to Joseph also what he planned to do. Before the plan, before the plan was put into action, he comes and announces this to Joseph. And I believe that it's, it's God giving Joseph the invitation to be involved in this great work. Joseph, I've got a work for you to do. You're going to be the stepfather of the Son of God. I believe that Mary and Joseph were handpicked. I believe they were specifically chosen of God. But he announces this to Joseph. And I believe, if we're all free moral agents, I believe that at this point, Joseph, had he wanted to, could have backed out. Would you turn your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 1 tonight? Matthew chapter number 1. And look at verse number 18 tonight. Matthew chapter 1. And verse number 18, we're getting ready to read some, some more amazing scripture here. Matthew 1 verse 18, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was the spouse of Joseph before they came together. Mm. Boy, Houston, we have a problem. Before they came together, before they were physically intimate, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. 
But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. You know what we find right here in Matthew chapter 1? We find that reality is happening. This is real stuff. I mean, this, this, this is the kind of stuff that reality shows are made of. Reality is happening. Mary has now returned from her cousin Elizabeth's house, and it is very evident she's pregnant. And Joseph, her betrothed, says, whoa, wait a minute, whoa. What in the world is going on? He knew they had not been together. She knew they had not been together. She had been gone for a while and now she comes back and it's very evident that she's pregnant. By the way, don't y'all know, I mean, y'all think about this tonight. Don't you know that little Mary said, honey, I'm telling you, this is what happened. An angel came and he said, that the, that, that, that the power of, of, of the Lord is going to overshadow me. And, and, uh, and I'm telling you, this is what happened. And Joseph says, yeah, right. Surely you can do better than that. Now, we know that this is reality because we find here in Matthew chapter 1 that it's very evident that, G, that Joseph believes that Mary's been unfaithful. And so he's a just man. He doesn't want her to be stoned. But he also believes that, he's, that she's cheated. She's been unfaithful. And so the Bible's very clear to say this. He's getting ready to divorce her. He's getting ready to put her away. Now he's going to do it privately because he doesn't want the religious leaders to find out. He doesn't want everybody else to find out because he knows that under the law that if they, if they choose to, they can stone her to death. And so Joseph says, I'm going to put her away privately but you understanding here tonight that this is where Joseph is. Joseph feels cheated. Joseph feels publicly embarrassed. Joseph has paid a dowry for this little gal. Uh, Joseph has, has already introduced her to his parents uh, and all of these things. And now she comes back pregnant. And yet, when God reveals his plan, guess what happens? Joseph yields. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 24. The Bible says, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Wow. Wow. Can I ask you a question? Are you yielded to God's plan? And what he has for you to do. And here's the great thing. God has an amazing plan. How many know this is an amazing plan? I mean, this thing we're talking about tonight, this is an amazing plan. Nobody else could have devised this plan right here. I mean, this is absolutely an amazing plan. 
and God had an amazing plan for Joseph and God had an amazing plan for Mary. They didn't know it. They didn't understand it. They couldn't see it. They couldn't see down the road, but they knew that God could and they knew that when you can't track him, hallelujah, you can trust him. And I'm sure that Joseph and Mary were like, Lord, we don't understand all this. It doesn't make any sense to us. It's hard for us to to compute all this. But Lord, if that's what you say, then that's what we'll do. And they yielded to the will of God. Oh, listen, church member, can I tell you tonight that God has a plan so big for your life tonight. He wants to use you in an amazing way. Oh, you say, preacher, just little old me. Yes, little old you. Little old educated you. Little old uneducated you. Uh, Little old you that has no personality, little you that has a personality I'm telling you God has a huge, big, gigantic colossal plan for you tonight every one of you teenagers sitting here tonight, God has a big plan for your life God wants to use you greatly, God wants to use you immensely, God wants to use you hugely, if you knew, if you even knew what God had planned for you it'd scare you to death how God wants to put his hand on you and use you in an amazing way. God has a plan for you. Dad and mom, God has a plan for you. Husband and wife, God has a plan for you. Church member, God has a plan for you. And by the way, can I say this? Calvary Baptist Church, God has a plan for you. But it's important that we're yielded. Because if we don't yield to the will of God, God can't use us as individuals. It was 1986, the Black Sea. We have a missionary that serves, the Maluchi serve right there at the Black Sea. There were two ships that collided in 1986 right off the coast of Russia. And the story goes that hundreds of passengers, when those two ships collided, hundreds of passengers were hurled into those icy waters and and literally hundreds died that day. As they began to study out the accident, trying to find out what happened, they came to find out that it was not a technology problem. There was no problem with the radar. They began to look at the weather forecast that day. There was no fog. The weather was clear. And they began to try to figure out what was it that caused these two massive ships to collide. And what they came to find out was this, that it was human stubbornness. Both ships knew they were close to one another and neither captain wanted to yield. And so because of that, those ships collided and many lost their lives. I read a neat story this week. It said that there was a captain of a ship. It was a dark, dark night, late at night. He peered down through the ocean there and he noticed some faint lights way off in the horizon. He got his signal man and he said to his signal man, send a message. And here's the message. Tell these people to alter their course 10 degrees south. The signal man did that. Another message came back and said, no, alter your course 10 degrees north. When the captain got that message back, he was livid. (laughs) He He thought, I cannot believe that they have not obeyed my command. So he sent another message back. 
And he said, alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. A message came back. And it said, no. Alter your course 10 degrees north. And immediately the captain sent a message back. And he said, alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. And the message came back and said, no. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. You know what, church? Sometimes it's hard for us to yield. Sometimes we have to humble ourselves. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a hard pill to swallow. But it's a great lesson to learn, isn't it? I thought about David Livingston. David Livingston. When they found that great missionary... They said that his body had 22 different diseases in his body. His arm had been mauled by a lion and hung by by his side. His wife had died early in his ministry. And it said that David Livingston walked 29,000 miles in his ministry. And someone said, Preacher, what was that? What was that attribute about David Livingston that kept him going, that that motivated him, that consumed him? And I believe it's what we're talking about tonight. He was yielded. He was yielded. In fact, he wrote these words in his diary. David Livingston said, send me anywhere. Only go with me. Lay any burden on me. Only sustain me. Sever me from any tie, but the tie that binds me to your service and to your heart. Yieldedness. Yieldedness. Andrew Murray said, God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life that is totally yielded to him. We hear these great stories. In fact, I told some just the other day about these great men like D.L. Moody. God used D.L. Moody in a great way. Not only shake America, but shake Europe. And millions, literally, under D.L. Moody's ministry, a million souls, they say, came to Christ. And Moody had the power of the Holy Spirit upon his life. But let me tell you where that started. D.L. Moody was in England and there was a man, you probably have never heard of him, his name was Henry Varley. Henry Varley. You say, who is that? (laughs) Henry Varley made this statement and D.L. Moody was in the crowd. Henry Varley said, the world has yet to see what God will do with a man who is fully and wholly consecrated to the Holy Spirit. And Dale Moody heard that statement. And he sat out in the audience and Dale Moody said, I'll be that man. I'll be that man. I'll yield myself and consecrate myself to God. And God used Dale Moody in a great way. We're done. But I want to ask you a question. How yielded are you to the will of God? Can I ask it like this? Does the Lord have access to every part of your life? Boy, I I prayed that that prayer today. I said, Lord, is there an area? Is there an area in my life where you don't have access? Let me tell one story and we're done. Let's just suppose that you saved your money and saved your money and saved your money And after many, many months, you finally were able to purchase your dream home. 
Man, you were so excited. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful yard. Had some great shade trees in the yard. There was a white picket fence that went around the house and it was a beautiful home. In fact, this home that you had saved and saved and saved and finally bought, this home had 10 bedrooms and seven bathrooms. Can y'all imagine? 10 bedrooms and seven bathrooms. You paid the money. They gave you the deed. The realtor came to you and, and he gives you eight keys to eight bedrooms. And you say to the realtor, whoa, wait, wait a minute. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You gave me eight keys. I've got ten bedrooms. He said, yeah, you're right. But he said, uh, you don't have access to those. Those two bedrooms are off limits to you. You're not allowed to go in those bedrooms. You say, whoa, wait, hold on, whoa. You understand how we've saved and saved and saved and scrimped and scratched and saved and we paid for this whole house and the realtor says, that's right, but these two bedrooms you don't have access to. Can I ask you a question? How would you feel? I don't have to ask that question, do I? I know how you'd feel. I wonder how God feels. When God says, I sent my only son, Jesus Christ, he bled and suffered and died. He paid your hell for you. He paid my hell for me. And then Christians do this a lot of times. They'll say, Lord, I yield myself to you. I yield myself to you. I give you this area and 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 uh, stay out of those two. You're welcome here. Don't come in there. Ask you a question. I wonder how the Lord feels. I'm talking about yieldedness tonight. Total yieldedness to the Lord. So ask a question again tonight is this. Is how yielded are we to the will of God. Boy, I never noticed that about the Christmas story, I don't think. What a story of some young people that yielded themselves to the perfect will of God. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you for this time we've had together tonight. Lord, is there any area in our life that's off limits? Is there any, any area that perhaps we've not yielded to you? Father, if that be the case, I pray tonight, Lord, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas Eve tomorrow, Father, I pray that we all will come to you and give you the keys to every part of our life. Lord, I am yours. Thank you for your plan. Lord, when I don't understand it all, I pray that you'll help me to trust you. Father, I pray that you'll work in this invitation tonight. Lord, maybe there's someone that needs to tiptoe down to an old-fashioned altar and seal a decision with the Lord. I pray they'll do that tonight. Lord, it could be there's somebody watching this evening 
that doesn't know that they know that they're saved going to heaven when they die? Would you help them to realize right now that you love them so much that you gave your son Jesus for them? Jesus came and died, bore their sins, bore my sins in his body on the tree. They put him in the grave and three days later, God raised him from the dead. He's a living, resurrected Savior. He's purchased our redemption. And Father, now it's our responsibility to receive him as Savior. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, if there may be one watching by way of the live stream tonight that does not know that they know that they know that they know that they're saved, I pray tonight that they'll open their heart and life to Jesus Christ. And Lord, maybe right now they just say something like this to him, Dear Lord, I am so sorry for my sins. I believe that you died for me. I believe you rose again. I believe that you're the Savior of the world. And right now, dear Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and life and save my soul and take me to heaven when I die. I trust you this night as my Lord and my Savior. Father, if there's somebody watching and they've never made that decision, I pray tonight they'll pray that prayer. Lord, have your way in the invitation. Speak to hearts, please. And we sure thank you and love you. In Jesus' name.